Um, we have a red blend, right. an unknown red blend. You should be rolling right now. We're not this here. is all gold right now. <laughs> oh, I am rolling. I, well, I just started. I just hit. Okay. All right. So we have to have some intro introductory thing that we say. What is it? <laughs> this, this is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> um, hello, introduction. Hello, welcome to our podcast. This is our first podcast. And we this literally is our, learned the first episode of it, our podcast that we literally learned how to do. Yeah. You learned how to do in a few days. Yeah, we were like, you know, we should do a podcast. We're so fucking it. Oh, sorry. Can we say the F word? Uh, yeah, yeah you can, we can say anything we want. We're so going. freaking interesting. People should listen to what we have to say. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we can say whatever. I mean, this isn't going on the radio. I mean, I was offered a spot on the radio, but I was like, ugh, and that's not good. I don't think that's going to work for what we're doing here. No. no one's, they're going to switch the channel. So what are that we doing It's here? just going to be a big bleep. <laughs> anyway, the podcast, man. I'm sorry, I can hear every little... A little smack, yeah. <laughs> but which, which reminds me, we are we are drinking a Cabernet oh. Sauvignon, which we're yes. not disclosing the name of. Yeah, for the brand, just for reasons. Reasons, but we're uh, not so sure about that yet. It's from California. Twenty was that fifteen, sixteen? Either way, good year. <laughs> well, twenty sixteen was actually an awful year, but yeah. Anyway, good, all good, things considered, really bad year. <laughs> ah, I wonder why this had a. A taste of bitterness and despair. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why this tasted of sadness. Just sadness in my mouth. Anyway, anyway, so, we're here to talk about spirituality, right? Spirituality, yeah, spirituality, religion, religion uh, mythology, myths, yeah, all of it. Things Everything. that we think are interesting. And while we do it, we're drinking wine because we like wine too. That's right. <laughs> so, Two things. oh, we should introduce ourselves. I'm Tim Oakley. I'm Mickey Fraser. That's us. <laughs> That's who we are, Tim. And uh, <laughs> Tim, tell me. Thanks for having us. And have a great day. <laughs> and cut. No. <laughs> okay. Let's, Just so, kidding. You. Yeah, we're like, not going anywhere. No. Yet. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> so, on the topic of spirituality i think i love talking to people about their spiritual beliefs i've always been interested in religion and philosophy and mythology and all these different things and i really love even if i'm not in the spiritual system of somebody that i'm talking to i still get really inspired and interested when i hear somebody talking about their beliefs and i think that's kind of why i thought this would be fun how about you? What are you doing here, Tim? What yeah, do you like? I, same, samezies. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think that just talking about talking about beliefs and religion and spirituality and stuff is good for everyone, and I think it's also a universal human need mm. and urge to believe and to uh, seek some truth. I think that there's something in us deep down that that just needs to know and needs to feel it maybe, yeah maybe there's already something there that that knows and feels it just doesn't know how to put it into 
words or how to explain it. And so we do it wrong a lot of the times. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's part of it. I mean, that's definitely the Buddhist perspective is that t- trying to explain this truth that's already there is kind of explaining it away in a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> away, in a way. But yeah, anyway, that's just part of it. And that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting out of this. And also, hopefully, uh, inspire people to think more, I guess. Yeah, and just to, like, I think that, especially, like, you know, as somebody that's coming from the perspective of, like, uh, I guess what you'd call, like, more fringe religions, you know, religions or spiritualities that aren't really, um, that are, in a way, kind of more romanticized and, in a way, kind of... um, demonized sometimes you know by by the sort of overculture that um it's nice to be able to demystify some of these things by talking to people like hearing from their perspective what is this giving you and bringing you because that's something that really doesn't get talked about a whole lot like people will be like oh well people who practice haitian voodoo do this or people who you know, practice witchcraft, do this and this and that, but there's never really much of a personal element there to, like, what brought you here? Like, why are, what are you doing here? What is this giving you? What is this feeding you? Is there something more than meets the eye to this? You know, and I feel that question sometimes, too, where, like, I'll have friends who are Mormon, and I don't understand the Mormon religion very well, but just that they're inspired enough by it to stay there. It's like, what is it in this that gives you, gives you that? What experiences brought you to that? And I, I just think it's fascinating to find these people who were all were all blind people trying to touch this elephant and describe it oh and, yeah and uh at least that's the way i see it i'm sure there's some people out there who would be like there's only one elephant and, you know but yeah and it's you know. the you know, it's this <laughs> yeah uh so basically trying to demystify the mystical in a way yeah and humanize it a little bit yeah because all of these religions didn't come out of thin air they came from people yeah you know and people's experiences and, and religion and spirituality is an experience, not a not a thing, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's cool to talk about. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, the elephant. That's a that's a great metaphor. I've always liked that one. Uh, the what is it? The seven blind men and the elephant. Something mm-hmm. like that. I can't remember the number. I just say seven because it sounds right. So anytime things come in seven, it sounds really authoritative, yeah, doesn't like, it? Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do we have a question? What? This is... Okay, just, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway... Well, let's let's start with ourselves then. I mean, our kind of hope is that eventually we're going to be able to have guests on here that practice different ways or have different philosophies or different opinions. You know, I, I'd love to talk to everybody, you know, Christians, Satanists, witches, yeah. Buddhists, everybody in between. Probably be not all here. at once, no, just no, no, for no, no. fear of, uh, you know, <laughs> violence, <laughs> but... Yes, <laughs> yes. This will, this will be, this will be a, uh, yeah, one at a time. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it'll be great. Let's start with ourselves. I think since we're going to be asking these questions, so can I can I ask you questions? Tim? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, so Tim, tell me what you do in your mundane life and what you do in your spiritual life, and how and if you could maybe how you got there. So in my well, 
in my mundane life, <laughs> well, um, you know, I just do the regular, have a regular job, opticianry. <laughs> That's beside the point. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I like to make films, obviously a filmmaker. But mm-hmm. spiritually, I, I identify mostly with Buddhism. Um, but the most Buddhist thing to do is say that you're not a Buddhist, (laughs) 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 you know, um, but yeah, I, um, yeah. And I got here pretty recently in my spiritual life. I was definitely not raised in a, in that kind of a environment. I was raised in a much very Christian environment very much so, <laughs> so <But>. and <clears throat> how how uh what was that what was that like like how how older were you when you when you kind of started to uh think think differently or I was sort of all <clears throat> over the place um religiously growing up I was told the first thing I was told that was true was that that Christianity was true the bible literally and uh, Jesus and all that. So that was what I knew to be true until probably my early teens uh, when I... Well, I never really questioned it. Uh, I did... I was interested in lots of other things. I was Jewish for a while. I tried Judaism for a good while. How, lo- how long were, was that for? Like Just a couple years uh, mm-hmm. between like... 14 and 16. So what kind of drew you, what drew, what, what attracted you to Judaism, do you think? Like, I really don't know, except that it made more sense to me because there wasn't a lot of stress on the afterlife. Not a lot mm. of, there's no hell really. There's just the grave. Right. Um, and I think that no hell aspect is what I could definitely me the see most that. because the, it always bothered me that uh, the only thing that, like, you would t- be, <laughs> it always bothered me mm-hmm. that you would have to exist for all eternity in anguish just because you intellectually didn't believe something. Right. And that, so, that if you thought incorrectly, somehow yeah. that would also condemn you. Yeah, and that, that, that always gave me some doubts. Well, not always. I, I mean, I didn't always doubt, but. When I did start doubting about 14 years old, that's what, I think that's what did it. And that's why Judaism was attractive. Because I I didn't know, I didn't even, I wasn't even really aware of Eastern religions. Mm. Incidentally, like I wasn't exposed to them at all growing up. And so I didn't really know that there was a spiritual uh, existence outside of the Bible, really. I think that kind of sounds like the average, you know, white um, American Christian yeah. household. There's just, you know, there, there's almost this idea that uh, all the Eastern religions are sort of this strange, sort of mystical. It's the mysteries of the Orient. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like it's almost like this mythological thing that's just out there. When in reality, it's like a major world religion. Oh yeah, thousands and, of and, thousands and, of people practice and as a. And growing up as a Christian, we always looked at other religions as just like their as mythology, as right. they're believing something false, 
<laughs> or some it's, it's, or some demonic thing that had been they yeah, had been tricked into into believing somehow. Yeah, it's it's yeah. yeah. Which is a very different perspective than looking at something as like a valid. Yeah, it's funny because thought it, to itself. <laughs> if you look at other like, if you're a Christian, um, you can't also be anything else. Like you have to mm-hmm. be just a Christian, right? Which is funny. Uh, there are other. Like, you can be a Hindu and a Christian at the same time, but you can't be a Christian and a Hindu at the same time. It's hard to explain. Yeah, yeah no, that's absolutely but, true. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard to explain because, you know, Hinduism doesn't cancel out Christianity. Yeah, it's not like rock, paper, scissors. That's right. not how that works. Because it's all part of the <laughs> dance of, you know, the, a Hindu would say, you know, Christianity is true. It's part of the dance. Yeah. But um, a Christian can't say that. They can't say Hinduism is true because because then that Christianity negates. is very. This is a fact. Like this is how the earth right. began. It's, this is it. Sort of doesn't really the the foundation of its theological system doesn't really allow for there to be a competitor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, that's that that's that's how I grew up spiritually, and then I guess what brought me to Buddhism in particular, um, if I'm being honest, it was really my first experience with psychedelics. Oh, wow. Okay, wait. I so, know. wait, That's... hold on. So, but there's a spot missing in between. So yeah. You were, okay. Oh, yeah. Judaism. You were, oh, yeah. you were Jewish for a minute. For a minute. But or when you were, I was you 14, were practicing Judaism, I should say. Right, right. I was, a, uh, yeah, practicing, practicing Judaism. Um, like, I went to temple. I did the holidays. I was very serious about it. Did you do, did the, the rabbi do, I, I've heard, I've never converted to Judaism, but I've heard that when you want to, they don't make it easy for you. Right, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. No, to actually be, and you know, to, for a non-Jew, because in Judaism, you're born into it. Right. It's it's literally your lineage. It's your tribal religion. Yeah, basically. and it's your, if your mother was Jewish, you're Jewish. If your mother wasn't Jewish, you're you're not, basically, and that's how it works. Um, so someone coming in from the outside wanting to join, it's not like, yeah, it's not like that easy to do. Right. We're, so. we're with Christianity and a lot of the mainstream religions that are based around philo- like certain philosophies, all you have to do is kind of, uh, kind of announce that you are this now and yeah. there's not, you can, it's there might like, be a ceremony, I, there might be now. something, yeah. but, but it's, but like I feel you get like. you baptized into Christianity, you can, anyone can Yeah. It. That's kind of a, one good thing about Christianity, I guess, is that anyone can join. Right. <laughs> good and bad, maybe. Well, in, in, so, in most denominations, yes. anyone can join. But with and uh, Judaism, it's because it's it's so intrinsically linked with a specific people that could possibly make it very a different experience to oh, yeah. to convert. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's really kind of a club. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a club. But um, they're not. They don't want no. more Jews. That's the thing about Judaism is they don't want other people to be Jews. They want. That for themselves. They want Jews to be Jews. Like. Mm-hmm. So, um. This pat on the back. Uh, okay. So, Judaism. Okay, so yeah, when happened. I was 14, <laughs> I went to, I just started going back to church. It's like, I don't remember what made me do that at, at first, but then I did the whole born again thing and. 
so so do you think it was sort of like or not 14 around 16 around i don't 16. remember what, i mean we don't need was. to overanalyze this but do you think it's maybe just like the familiarity of yeah of the church kind of drew you back in where it was sort of like well my family is here my friends are here this is comfortable because it's familiar. Yeah, I think it yeah. was. I actually, I really do. Because I went back to my, the church I went to growing up. Like, oh, forever. Yeah. It was a Nazarene church. And, uh, yeah. And I went back. I remember um, not too long after I started going back to church and got born again a Christian and all that. And, and when I got born again, I was in it. To win it. <laughs> you were in it. I was so, uh, yeah, just like a Jesus freak, as DC Talk would call it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just if loving the Lord was wrong, I didn't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, you were loving the Lord, and then you kind of already tied into it you were having you had a psychedelic yeah experience. I did. okay and that happened when i was um oh gosh uh how old was i definitely well into my 20s already 24 so this has been so from the time you were 16 to 24 you were in, you were i in, was christian af yeah. okay so that's like I suck at math, but I was like quite youth, a few years. I was like youth, youth group, you know, eight years. Yeah, or, eight, yeah. Okay, that's a long time. Yeah, so I was like, I never would have. I was like a youth that. group guy. I was like, I was even thinking about going to be ordained and be a youth pastor. Oh wow! Had a soul patch. Did you really? I did. <laughs> you were, were going to be the patch. cool. You were going to be the cool. I had a yeah yeah like youth pastor. Seems like yeah. <laughs> All right, now we're going to sing a song to the Lord. And you'd pull out yeah. the guitar. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it all now. I can see it all now. <laughs> I was Hillsong man. <laughs> but, uh, oh man, it's so weird. So you, but, but then something happened. Yeah, to you. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine who shall not be named. Um, we. Uh, we went on a camping trip and he just told me, like, he was like, hey, I have, <laughs> I, oh, like, first he told me, he was like, dude, I did something. I tried, I tried magic mushrooms for the first time. <laughs> and I was like, or he didn't even say for the first time. He just, because it, it was so crazy out there. Like, it wasn't even something we would have ever thought of doing. Yeah. Um... And I, I was just like, oh my god, I so many thoughts running through my brain. Like, who is this? I, it's like, you think you know someone, and this and that, and it's like, and then he told me about his a little bit about his experience, and he said it's not like anything else. It's it's just like he couldn't. He's like, I can't describe it. I can't explain what what it was like, and and <clears throat> and uh, he I, he kind of talked me into trying it, I guess, and we. Went on a camping trip, me, said friend, and his, uh, my he, beautiful wife, Angel. And uh, his and bag a, of mushrooms. And another friend and a bag of mushrooms. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We went and scouted. We went to Golden Gate Park in San Francisco and just, like, bought mushrooms. Like, really? It was yeah, that we easy, didn't even huh? have it. Yeah, we were just, like, Jeez. out there, and they were like, oh. I'm so sheltered, I wouldn't even think of yeah. that. <laughs> like, he, he was like, oh, you know, if we go to Golden Gate Park... Yeah, there was one other friend there. Um, I don't know if I should say who it was just for the hell of it, but anyway. <laughs> so yeah, there were four of us. 
And um, we went camping at Sunset Beach in uh, Watsonville, California. So it's near Carmel. Anyway, the location mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But Sunset Beach part does matter. It does matter. It actually does matter. Um, so yeah, that to this day, that's a very special place I, for I, me. I have a lot of love for the Bay Area. I really do. It's like, <clears throat> it's just, uh, yeah, it, it's a really spiritual place for me now. Mm. It's like the, I don't know how to, it's, it's where, you, where I had my epiphany. <laughs> Your awakening. My well, let's awakening. Hear, let's hear about it. Let's hear about it. So we were there. We had we took some mushrooms. We were already having a great time. Uh, actually, before we before we took the mushrooms, I have to tell you about this. <laughs> the night before we were camping out, we all went down to the beach, and there were. We looked out at the waves, and we were like, "Are the waves glowing?" I thought it was just the moonlight, mm-hmm. and I was like, "The waves are glowing." We weren't not we weren't on anything. So that was just without any any. Help. Yeah, yeah. They oh, were literally glowing. Huh. And I, and I kicked the sand and noticed that the sand started glowing too. What the hell? Yeah. What was it? It was luminescent. Bioluminescent. Yeah, bioluminescent. Oh, that's so cool. Dinoflagellites. I looked it up. It's a microscopic organism like uh, plankton. That glows in the dark when agitated. That's amazing. So, you yeah. agi- so obviously you agitated the shit out of it. Billions of cool. them. Just billions <laughs> and billions of them just like all over. Happened to be there at that same time. And there's a pretty rare occurrence. That's really awesome that yeah. you got to see that. So that set the stage for so, an interesting experience. Like, wow, yeah. Anyway, that's just that just was something cool I wanted to share. But the next day we ate the mushrooms and... Um, I didn't know what to expect, but I was standing out on the beach, and all of a sudden it was like I was swallowed by the sea. Not literally, but mm-hmm. but I I became one with everything around me. A feeling I'd never had before. Because I was always, you know, I always thought of myself as something, and everything else as something else. You right, know? Which, which really, in a way, is a very... At least to my understanding of Christianity, I've never been a fundamentalist Christian, but there's definitely this very strong idea that God is, or the holy or the divine, is something that is very apart from our world. And it has to be in that belief system in order for it to be what it is. Right. God can't be, you can't be one with God because he is so other. In fact, he, he is what is other. Like right. what is outside of the universe. Right. Yeah. And and to, to equate yourself with that is some kind of a hubris almost. Oh yeah. Oh, it's blasphemy. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But uh yeah, no, I I just felt such a uh and it was an overwhelming like compassion, this feeling. And I it's hard to you can't describe it. But I just remember thinking the number one thing that stuck with me the most was that there were no words for it. Mm. And I realized at that moment that words weren't as effective in ex- describing reality as I previously thought. or And so that kind of discounted basically everything I believed because I thought, well, I don't trust in words to explain everything or to describe my experience and describe the world and my beliefs. And I believed in a book full of words. Right. And so I realized the real truth of, well, this was my realization. The truth that I so desired wasn't in words. 
mm. at all. It was in a, not even a, an experience, but an experience itself. It's like, it wasn't, couldn't be learned from, from reading a book or from, from that. It had to be experienced. A direct experience. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that was my, and I didn't, I didn't know about Buddhism. I didn't know about any of that. And so I, I went home and kind of, I Googled, I think, I Googled my, like, how, how I felt. I didn't even put input that I took mushrooms or anything like that. I just put, like, what my experience was. Mm -hmm. And everything popped up was, you know, uh, Buddhism, yoga, that, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, maybe they they were onto something that I'm, you know. And so I learned that basically I took a shortcut to this experience that people meditate for years to try to get. That that <laughs> so they, it but, was it was it it was that moment of union with everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that at least from my from my understanding, I haven't talked to many people about this, but just reading it, that that is like that fleeting moment of enlightenment when you realize you're not separate from anything else. Right. Yeah. That was the feeling. Anyway, and so I've been, um, I've had a, a relationship with Buddhism ever since. <laughs> <laughs> a personal relationship yeah, with, with I've Buddhism? Had a, a personal relationship <laughs> with Lord Buddha ever since. So what, what, was it, what was it like, so you were in a very, like very much in a, a traditional, our traditional way of understanding Christianity in, in, in America. You were like really in it and you were, you, your whole life probably to some extent was wrapped around this thing. So what was it like untangling yourself from that to go into a different direction? Like that must've been really hard. It was very hard. In fact, I had to keep it, my thoughts and feelings and beliefs very secret for many years. I was still very much a part of the church and I was very confused about what I actually, I did believe. Yeah. You were probably after yeah, it yeah. for a while, like rolling it around in your it head. It wasn't like a sudden, like, Oh, Oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm a Buddhist. I'm not, not a Christian, Christian anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that didn't happen. It didn't happen that way. I was still very much a Christian and I tried to, um, in fact, I tried to make that, that experience work within the scope of Christianity. And oh, I see. So try, kind of trying to put a Jesus veneer over exactly. what you had experienced. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't attribute the experience to Jesus at all while it was happening. Right. It was something completely inward. When you, when you talk about the psychedelic, sorry, as a, like a little bit of a strange aside, I read a really interesting, I found an interesting article um, in a, a book that I own that's called uh, Tubalo's Green Fire, for anybody who's listening and wants to read that. It's a witchcraft book, but it's really interesting. Uh, but they talked about how uh, this possible idea that the fruit in the Garden of Good and Evil, or the Garden of Eden, you oh, know, the, that the, is the, the, interesting. The, tree of, the Tree of Knowledge was a psychedelic mushroom. How funny. And it just makes me think of, um, you know, it talks about when Adam and Eve eat of this fruit, their eyes are open and they can see reality for what it really is. They can, they're not animals anymore. They can discern good and, you know, that's a, um, um, that's something that I've heard actually before that took, that was the shift was mm -hmm. our, our, uh, conscious shift from being ape. Well, not that we're not still apes, but being like more, more, more cl closer to our animal cousins yeah, exactly. than we are now. <laughs> 
the shift that brought us to being humans was, well, this obviously isn't, I'm not speaking as if it's a fact, I'm speaking as if that's, that's something I've heard people a theory. theorize. Yeah. yeah, and it's intriguing, but it's like you kind of experience that yourself mm. in, a, in a microcosm a little bit, you know, yeah. with this whole thing. You, um, you ate from the tree and then you couldn't unsee what you saw. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I always, I, I think it's very interesting that Adam and Eve's great sin is their hunger for knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, that's the whole point of it. But yeah, anyway. for people like us, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. So you, you had this gradual unraveling then that was beginning to happen inside of you. Yes, and that... Uh, yeah, I remember I was still going to church. I was playing in the band at church. Um, I was playing the guitar masterfully, by the way. Uh, but no, uh, not at all. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just remember I went for years to church for years after that still. Just... I remember gradually I would not really stick around for the sermon. I don't really remember when that started happening. I also took up smoking cigarettes, which is weird because I don't do that anymore. But it was just, I don't think that was a side effect of my, I don't think that, <laughs> that was unrelated. I, I think that was unrelated, but I just remember ducking out of church to smoke cigarettes. But anyway, Pop I'm in pretty, your collar. pretty sure that was unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> Is to go hang with the boys. Go hassle, hassle yeah. old ladies. <laughs> nice to smash, nice to ditch church to smash mailboxes. <laughs> anyway, see, don't do drugs, kid. It's just yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a gradual that's the lesson. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't. I I think I was already smoking. I don't remember, but anyway, I think smoking was completely unrelated. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. I just remember doing, I used to walk out of church and go, and go like, just, I would stand outside and just like smoke or do something else and not hang out in, in there. But I, I, it took me a while to get to that point where I stopped taking it seriously, I mm -hmm. guess. I remember <clears throat> listening to the, and sometimes the sermons would really, you know, touch me and I'd be like, yeah, I get that. And sometimes I had, I was trying really hard to make it make sense metaphorically. Mm hmm because I couldn't literally believe it anymore at some point. Yeah. So I was like, how can this work as a metaphor in my life? So and in a I way you were coming at it really, from a very Gnostic perspective. Yeah, I was trying really hard to reconcile these conflicting beliefs I had in my... that I And it was like things I knew were true from my own experience versus things that I were, was taught were true from my very mm. inception. Yeah. And that's why it was so difficult. And yeah. that's why I think it's difficult for a lot of people to to do that bit. Like Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, I've I've, you know, gone through that to some some degree, not not the way that you're describing, but where you almost feel like you go through spiritual growing pains sometimes. Yes. You know? And 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 it's like when you're trying to stay where you were, but you're not that person anymore, and then sometimes that could be like a painful transition for you to release the things that you held on to as your, um, that used to be your anchors, you know? Yeah. And it's funny cause I've, I've talked about this, not, I've talked about this like spiritual kind of anguish that I went through. Well, and those were our friends. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like All what? Those, 
like church people were all of our yeah friends. exactly oh that's that was another hard part is like so your friends and that's the one thing that really we all had in common and it was a great community mm. and I loved everyone but the one thing really holding us together was, was our Jesus. shared belief yeah. yeah and and if we didn't have that it, it's like why would we continue this yeah and I've I've been there too the same thing we're like wow our religion is the only thing we have in common, you know? And then luckily I was part of a church, uh, not the church I grew up in, but a, another church I joined later on. I didn't join officially, but became a part of. <clears throat> anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, the pastor is just like a super accepting, really nice guy. And it's, we're still friends to this day, mm-hmm. actually. So it's that it didn't hurt too much to, to anyway, on that. I wasn't ostracized or anything. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, in an, an ideal situation. Yeah, it really is. You know, people, people should be do. free to come and go instead of being shamed. Yeah, people you know. do do get basically excommunicated for. Yeah, and when that happens, like from my outside perspective, I always feel like that's such a culty thing to do to somebody. You know, where where it's sort of like once you're not part of this thing anymore, we can't be friends anymore. Like you're 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 somehow like this unclean thing that's being shunned and banished and you know nobody can talk to you anymore like that that's just like uh i don't think i i never met jesus trusting he was a flesh and blood person but i don't think he would have condoned that you know right yeah no you're absolutely right like, so that's I mean, good that they, you had about... a good community of people that were not gonna do that to you yeah that is really good and not not everyone gets that most people mm-hmm. don't yeah it's really lucky so you 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 had this experience, Christianity unraveled for you because it just didn't match what you understood about the world anymore. So what was the next step from there? From there, I I dived pretty deeply into. Uh, well, I I started uh, studying yoga. I didn't actually get into yoga and in, into like the physical part of it just mm-hmm. because. I I don't know. I, I never really... I always viewed it as just something that, you know, young moms did. <laughs> and, you know, young white moms <clears throat> did with their blogs. And, you know, they just... Which is so funny. Gandhi is like, what, like yeah, somewhere yeah. in the other world, like, looking at us like, what? <laughs> you know? But what I've read, what, what <clears throat> I read about yoga, the, the actual religion, not the... Not the exercise thing that yeah. people do is that uh, <laughs> is that um, yeah it really did it really did uh, coincide with a lot of the stuff that I felt inside you know and didn't have words for right like the stuff that they had words for or said matched my and then it was just like the Bhagavad Gita and leading on uh, and it basically stems from Hinduism and and that and it all really worked. I mean, Hinduism's so complicated. I oh never, God, yeah. I couldn't get too far into it because it's just too, it's too much. Yeah, it's one of the oldest, oldest unbroken religions on the planet. So of course, it's gonna have like layers on layers and layers. Yeah. you can never you can never get to the bottom of it. You I know? understood the basic gist, you know, of like the oneness of all of everything. It's really the gist of it. It's just like. What we are, what we, everything to its core is one, an expression of something that yeah. is doing all this. Um, 
So that attracted me. And then I got into Taoism. Uh, studied Tao. Tell me, okay, so I don't know very much about Taoism. I just know that the bits that I've heard of it are very interesting. I know that, like, this is, like, way too big a question to unpack in, like, five minutes. Right. But, but I mean, I'll tell you what I know, but the, it's probably not much. What do you think is, like, the basic essence of Taoism as far as, like, their, what, what's the point? What is it? <laughs> um, the I could tell you, actually. I could answer this. The basic gist is the yin-yang, yin and yang. I mean, I, that's not an original, like, what it is is in everything, everything contains the opposite of what it is. So two things that you would consider uh, mutually exclusive really depend on one another. Right. That's the gist of it. It's that everything exists because what isn't it. <laughs> so what was it like coming from a, a background where in Christianity there's like this really hard division between all good holy things are God and everything else is like not God is like sinful or dark or evil you know the whole the whole dichotomy of like there's either total good or total evil is just a pure dualism. Yeah, pure yeah. dualism. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. And not so, only dualism of Good and evil, but body and spirit. And yeah, that that's a big deal there too. Yeah, totally. But, in the physical world and the spiritual world, that there's mm -hmm. just this large division. So, what was it like believing that for so long, and then coming into contact with religions that kind of make you face this idea that maybe everything's just very mixed up? <laughs> Honestly, it was kind of exciting. It was like <laughs> this new idea that it's like I've never. You ever hear someone say something that you never thought of, mm -hmm. and you're just like. I never thought of that like mm -hmm. that. But wow, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was like. It was like, I never th put it that way. Like, I never thought, wow. So, another big thing in, in Taoism is that, like, is the flow, you know, the, the chi of whatever, you know. Of creation, basically. Yeah. The, is that the Tao is going in a certain flow, and if you are, you can be, okay, so it's really confusing, the Tao Te Ching, if you ever read it, mm -hmm. um, because it'll say, it'll say, like, you can't separate from it, for one. Even if you try to, you can't be separate from it, because you're essentially You're it. in it. Yeah. Like, even your separateness is it. S Essentially, so you, trying to separate. So I'm trying. But, so I'm, 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 I'm. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, but I had a, had a thought while you were saying that. Would it be safe to say that like the Tao is almost like another word for fate? It or is. Or it, destiny it is, as it's unraveling. That's, that's part of it. Okay, that's I a guess. part of it. Yeah, part of it. Taoism is a very determin uh, determinism. I guess religion, like they, it isn't. Free will isn't really a thing, but mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, fate, and then, well, there's also, I mean, you can, there's, there's a, I can't even, like, like the I Ching, that's a big part of Taoism. All right, I've heard of the I Ching before. I've never actually tried it before, but I know it's like a pretty complex divinatory yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, that's what I know of it. If you know, I mean, I've got some work workbooks on it. 
and I, I never really tried it too much. You can do it with Let's clients. play with it. Let's pull it out one we of these should. days. We that should. sounds fun. I think it'd be great. Yeah, we should. Uh, you can do it with, you know, I think... With sticks, I've Yeah, heard. you can do it with coins, you can do it with sticks, really any any item. You can do divination with anything, is the yeah. reality. <laughs> it's really true. Yeah, yeah, I know, she's pretty good. <laughs> um, but I guess the whole... Yeah, it's it's pretty complicated, but it's 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 cool. Basically, the concept or the concept behind it is that the best way to go about things is spontaneously and just going with the flow. Yeah. So, like, that's the whole thing about it is like you might as well flip a coin because your best option is going to be whatever that coin tells you to do because that's the Tao in its raw pureness telling you what to do. That's really cool. I, I Instead of your contrived, like, uh, it's, it gets rid of all your compulsions and all your it, reservations it, right. that you were taught. Essentially, you were born pure. You were born a, a pure, uh, perfect being. And you were taught all these contravants, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You were taught, like, to... To cling to things, and you were taught a certain way of looking at things, and that this is good, this is bad, and you were co uh, corrupted by your education and by your <laughs> yeah, well, you know, which is true. You know, we come your, out yeah without any complexes, without all this weird stuff, and then and then before and, you know it, you know, some kids telling you you're a dumbass because you're lunchbox is pink and you're like for the rest of your life you're fucked you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> the way it is exactly <laughs> it's like oh my god then you have that carried around carrying that around with you forever <laughs> unless which you is funny because in so yeah so in Taoism you're born pure mm -hmm. in Christianity you're born in sin that's the that's a big difference yeah that's there. a heat that's a completely it's really an opposite, opposite thing shift. and I think that yeah. that's one thing that attracted me to that way yeah. of thinking is because I was like I like the idea that I was already that my original self is pure and without you know yeah. blame or anything and because that's not what i was taught growing up i was taught that my original self is damned already because of not something i did but it's something your distant 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 yeah. ancestors a million years ago or and, six thousand years ago whatever they, I don't yeah know. <laughs> exactly it wasn't a million it was it was six thousand years ago uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, and I and I and we're all damned because of that, yeah. and not just because of that, but because of what we're going to become. Like they just know, you know. Yeah. If, if left to your own devices, you'll sin against God because that's what humans Be do. Because human beings metaphysically chose their own yeah. morality and that's just following humanity. God's law and etc. It's humanity. Humanity is is and is separate from God, which isn't necessarily. An incorrect um, observation from the people who wrote that. Oh story no, absolutely. They like, saw that they were like, "Oh, people if left to their own devices are evil." Yeah, and they, <laughs> they, they, yeah, exactly. But I like this other standpoint but, as well. But, but we're not evil innately as they believe. That's something and, or that that's not to what be. the Tao. Or that's yeah. not what uh, Lao Tzu, the Tao Te Ching, teaches us. Right. Teaches us that we're born pure, and that um, that we learn. All these things, not necessarily we learn to be evil, but we learn these things that may, that take us away from our original self. Yeah, and like, I would definitely agree with that. That have a and that just make us think incorrectly. In in Taoism and in a lot of Eastern religion, uh, what you do isn't really 
there's not a lot of emphasis on what you do as much as what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what you think, and it isn't like thinking impure thoughts, it's thinking incorrectly about yourself, who you are, and how you fit in. Mm, I um, like that. Yeah, it's really, you're, uh, the only sin, I guess if you could call it a sin, against Tao or against whatever, is against yourself, really, is just to be incorrect about yourself. It's to be ignorant, in a way. Yeah, well, I mean, we're all the heroes of our own stories, so even the most crazy, you know like narcissistic evil person out there doesn't think that they're evil or that their behavior is evil they're just kind of like well i'm just and that's you know that's a funny thing to think about too because i was i i said this i can't remember who i was talking to and i thought you know you look at people who have done atrocious things like acts that are unspeakable and you see them doing the these things in groups too I mean, I think of, like, uh, just for an example, I, I don't mean to take it to a super dark place where I'm going to, like, <laughs> for example, I, I, I think of lynch mobs, you know? Oh, jeez, yeah. And think, like... Do you want some more wine, by the way? Oh, since yeah. We're, we since should, we're talking we have... about lynch mobs, let's have some more. <laughs> I mean, we gotta get this, uh, we gotta get a bottle opener over here. Oh, no. Uh, shoot, Rivers. Producer. <laughs> producer, help <Okay>. us. <laughs> <laughs> we need to open another bottle. We just we finished. Did we bottle. drink that bottle? Yeah. Holy hell! I think I, <laughs> I think I drank most of it, and Angel had a couple glasses. Uh. Well, anyway, so you were talking. I about was saying e- yeah. people doing evil. I, all I'm all I'm saying is like think of the most uh, uh, like atrocious, atrocious thing you can. Crime against humanity, <laughs> which in my opinion, or I think in most people would say, is like a lynch mob yeah. lynching. That's awful. Because it's people being, you know... Just animalistic, ugly, And it's not hateful. even like... We wouldn't even treat animals that way. No. I, I, I mean, most people wouldn't... And it's like they're not even... even treat an animal like that. They're not but even anyway. trying to kill a person. They're trying to kill this idea they've built in their head. And, that and isn't even real. if you look at <laughs> pictures... I mean, I wasn't there, but... Like, I've seen pictures I wish I hadn't seen. Of, like, all whole families. Children... Ugh. All this, and then people hanging from trees. Like I, I, I mean, I don't mean to paint a disturbing picture. Right? Oh, it is a disturbing about, like, picture. Watching it. Yeah, and so, exactly. And so, and so I'm not talking about like families to, being. So what does that have to do with the Dow? So what it boils down to is that these people thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah, they believe they, they believe that they were protecting their communities. The right and they whatever. were like, yeah, you know, and and. It, these kids are indoctrinated into this belief and and believing anyway, this is acceptable. Yeah, and um, and so I was telling someone, yeah, they think they're doing the right thing. Like bad people think they're doing good. Yeah, and and they were just like, I can't believe that bad people are bad, and they're just and and it's but they like, don't, but that's not true. Humans but you are don't more complicated. Yeah, than exactly. That. And it, that's basically the what I was saying about the Dow is like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really. I mean, it, what it's not, how it ties in is that, like, it, things are not as black and white as we think they are. They're not right. one way or the other. Even when people do horrible things, they don't... They don't do them do just them to be, be evil. Because they're trying to be evil in, in some most cases. Yeah, unless unless they are just really embracing that, you know? Yeah, that, yes, and I, I don't do even know of, thing. like, I don't even know of, like, a psychopath, really, that would... 
I don't know of any psychopaths personally. Yeah, well, thankfully, I'm glad glad to say. I'm a little proud I to can't say. imagine someone doing something really evil just for the sake of doing something really evil. Well, I'm sure it's a thing. Well, we're on to round two here, which is a red blend 2015. So it was very a, good. A year before everything went to hell. There yeah. you go. That's true. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Maybe it will taste a little sweeter. It's the sweet memories of. Oh, it is a little sweeter, actually. It really is. It really is. It's way sweeter than 2016. Mm. God. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry to, to do that. Let's move on. Let's move on. So the Taoism Dao- took you somewhere. To, so yeah, okay. Where, uh, when did you get to Buddha? Eventually, I took the... I don't know. I, I, found, I found Zen. I found my Zen. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um... So there's so many different factions of Buddhism. What do you think about what? Why did Zen draw you in? What about Zen spoke to you? What like what I liked about Zen the most is it's it's the least religious of the mm. Buddhas the Buddhisms. And it's originally Japanese, right? Is that originally correct? Chinese? Actually, oh, really? it, was, it was. Well, the story goes, it was brought from India to China by Bodhidharma. Who was uh, described as just this crazy homeless uh, Indian guy who mm-hmm. <clears throat> who basically came to China and said, "You're doing it all, you know. <laughs> you're doing Buddhism all wrong. Uh, you're the the what is it? There's this old poem that's attributed to him that I don't think he actually. I don't even know if he actually existed, but um, um, it goes." I don't know. I don't remember it, but I'll tell you the gist. It's it's that the real, the true way doesn't depend on scriptures. It's actually without words, and that's what drew it to me. Drew me to Zen the most is like without words. Yeah, that's what I've said all along, and this is some this is something that understands that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, which was the point to begin with. That yeah, was like exactly. your original. Your original and it, it, it's direct seeing. Uh, so, like, I guess you can describe Zen as a direct seeing to the truth, to the heart of of your your innate Buddhahood, and and it's all about you becoming a Buddha and become becoming a Buddha. It doesn't have to do with you becoming some superhuman or some ultra enlightened being. It's just you realizing who you are without your before your uh, before your own opinion of yourself takes over, basically. <laughs> I like that because you know it's a very different thing because you can, I mean, coming from me personally, coming from um, multiple uh, in some ways mystery traditions or like the mystery tradition mindset. One thing that I kind of say is like you can you can explain to somebody what they're going to experience in an initiation and you can explain the lessons of the initiation to somebody, but until you really know it, until you've really felt it in your soul, you don't really understand it and you're not going to get it. And I feel like that enlightenment, like you were talking about understanding that, that you're not separate from anything else. You can tell somebody that and somebody can go, yeah, that sounds right. But until you feel it and know it, it's not the same. Right. It's so true. Yeah, and what Zen is is Zen isn't a belief system. It isn't a. It isn't even a set of philosophies or anything. Really, all it is is just sitting. 
It's just sitting. It's just sitting. Like, that's all Zen is. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have really anything. It has some other stuff attached to it, but just by way of, you know, it being an Asian thing, you know? Yeah. But really, it's... You can go to a, a Zen temple or a Zen monastery, and it's pretty simple. Like, it's it's very minimal. There, there'll be Buddha statues and stuff. To remind you what you're doing there, probably. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, but even Buddha himself isn't even taken that seriously. Like, there's hardly any mention of Buddha at a Zen which is like, fascinating because I always see the mis misinterpretation of Buddhism as that Buddha is something that Buddhists worship. And uh, I have yeah. never, ever Definitely seen or not. experienced no. that. Actually, the story, Buddhism, no, there's no there's no worship involved, actually. It's just Buddha was someone who is, and Buddha actually translates to awakened one. Mm -hmm. So he was just a human, a person, and just, <laughs> uh, just there's a ton of mythology around the story though i mean uh you know apparently he sat for such and such amount of time 40 days 40 nights however it was under a tree was tempted three times by demons oh very very yeah. familiar yeah isn't that interesting uh, there's all sorts of mythology around it um but it's always seen as sort of just a story even by buddhists i mean i don't think most people believe it literally <laughs> literally happened yeah. in that specific well it, that's kind of the beauty of mythology though isn't it right. that it's like but it all tells a twisted. good story it yeah. tells a good story and it's there for a reason yeah it's like it's meant to make you think about real mm -hmm. things not necessarily meant to indoctrinate you with well you should believe that this happened it's sort of like more of a more of a, a gateway like to into deeper ways of thinking than it is necessarily like okay just stop there like this really happened and that's where you end it and i think that's the type of religion and spirituality most mm -hmm. people in the west are accustomed to oh yeah another thing oh my gosh okay sorry to, <laughs> another thing about zen which i love no is, tell us is that if you're the less seriously you take it the better you are at it <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> but it's so true like um there I mean, if you can sit for a long time, that's fantastic. I mean, that's gonna that's your practice is sitting and doing nothing. And um, and what what is that meant to do? The sitting and doing nothing. What what is it's that? It's just to bring you here now. Mm. It's to it's to get you away from your your need to do something to basically make your mind shut the f up. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and and you can't really shut your mind up, but you can listen to it. You can separate yourself from mm. your thoughts and and see them for what they really are, which is which is just like your brain chattering away. I think that, well, that's a whole other thing. That's meditation. Meditation isn't isn't really sitting with a quiet mind. It's sitting with a unattached mind, a right. mind that's listening to your own mind <laughs> or not even you don't even have to listen to it you could just sit there and let it happen just observe yeah, what's happening yeah exactly you're a silent observer and the trick and this is the really hard part is to be non-judgmental mm. and this is the really hard part that, or the the part that I have had a very difficult time with is is being able to just be there and observe everything around you but don't even identify it 
Like, because we have a tendency to, like, hear a sound and immediately go, you know, door. Yep, like just now. Cat. Yep. <laughs> car. You know, this, that. Right. And then, and then that's us thinking those words. And then every time we have a thought, another thought attaches itself. And then we mm. attach some feeling to it. It's like a chain some forever. Thought. Yeah, some feeling, some thought, some emotion gets attached to that thought. Some other thing, another thought gets attached to that emotion. It just keeps going. Anyway. It snowballs forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess to really effectively meditate, you, you have to sit and be able to let all this happen, but not really get in, invested in it. Just kind of let it. I when when I first started, I was told to let your thoughts go by. Pretend that your mind is like a pond that's still, still, and let your thoughts go by like they're just clouds reflected in the pond. But at that that core, yourself is right. Is, is so if quiet. if you give your thoughts too much attention <laughs> then it'll be like the pond is being disturbed like throwing rocks in there right probably, exactly right? it's not like clouds being reflected it's like frogs jumping across the pond rippling the whole thing and now you can't reflect on anything because the mm. pond is super disturbed right so, like yeah that. it's so disturbed <laughs> it's like oh, oh my god uh Anyway, so oh, wow. Well, let let me ask one one more question because okay. I feel like we're getting to our. I, I guess we're making these an hour long. I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, no, that's about right. I mean, at least an hour. That's kind of normal. Well, so in I mean, we didn't get to talk as too much into in depth about Zen, but I guess what I'm curious to know is: so you came from this place of Christianity. And then you went to Judaism, and then you went to Christianity again, and then you kind of explored Hinduism and the Tao and uh, Taoism. So what you 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 I don't want to say that you've settled like I'm a Buddhist because obviously you're you're not just a Buddhist. You're a culmination of all these experiences and things that you've been through. But what kind of made you land there? What did it give you that those other things didn't have for you? Like for yourself, what was it? Simplicity, mm. a lot, and. Um... I, it gave me something practical mm. that works, and that's yeah. something that never that I never experienced before. Is that this actually is? It isn't just there are uh, precepts and there are like there is a doctrine, if you will. There's the four noble truths, the eightfold noble path, which we'll talk about at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess it's a doctrine. It's not a doctrine in the way that. You know, you have to believe certain things. It's a practical um, way of going about life. Of just to make life easier. And it isn't promising. I mean, there are uh, Buddhist sects that do, you know, say this is will end the cycle of birth and death. But I read that as the cycle of birth and death in this moment. Mm. Like... I, I, you don't have to read it literally. That's another thing too. Oh, interesting. I've is that everyone? Before. Everyone talks about, you know. Um, I guess people. I mean, there are Buddhists out there that would definitely disagree with me. That would say, "Yeah, no, you do have to read it as, you know, you're born reincarnate. If you don't believe in reincarnation, you're not a Buddhist. You can't call yourself that." You right. Know? Definitely, people out there that would say that. 
very right very adamantly which i find ironic but <laughs> it's, right but they are they do exist um and i'm not saying i don't believe in reincarnation i don't know but um I, I do believe... That's I the do. most honest answer that anybody could give, yeah. honestly. <laughs> We're not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's there's not really a lot of prerequisites in Buddhism, and I think I really liked that. And I liked that, yeah, the simplicity, and it is a spiritual practice, but it isn't mystical. It, does, it takes, like, the... It's super practical. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of... Yeah. And it's super peaceful too. I I like, you know, I for my for myself, I have found that the the practices or the the things in my life that I've held on to through everything that I've experienced and everything that I've been become familiar with, it's always the things that have like a, a practical impact in my life that I've held, I've kept. So I totally mm-hmm. agree with that that like a lot of these really higher philosophical theological things are really interesting to like get into and think about and talk about and i feel like like uh you know to to my small about knowledge about judaism that's like definitely a fun thing there to like debate theology and debate this and that and, and and it can be really fun to get into that and i've been there but those things haven't lasted it's always the things that have actually like pra- been of me. practical value yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's extremely. I mean, mindfulness. I don't even like the word mindfulness. It's thrown around. It's too become much, like a pop, super a pop cliche, kind yeah. of thing now. Yeah, but um, I don't. I until we find a better word. Which, Mindful. Yeah. <laughs> which we we make. Hey, we may on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we'll trademark the shit out of that. Yeah, as soon yeah. As we figure like, it don't out. use our. Don't use that. That's pay our us. word. You pay us to use that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a good one. <laughs> We're replacing mindfulness with something else cooler. Yeah, mindfulness people. <laughs> you go be mindful, I'll go be <laughs> whatever the whatever word it is. to be when, it, when we think of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but really it, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, science will back it up. That's the whole thing too. Mm-hmm. It's like science won't back up the claim, all the claims made in the Bible, but... Yeah, science contrary to with... some beliefs. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, science can't argue with the effectiveness of meditation. It's proven to work. And even if somebody told you it doesn't work, you know it does because you've done it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Who's gonna say it doesn't work? You know what I mean. And besides, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, you can't say it doesn't work. I mean, what if all I'm trying to do is sit and do nothing? I'm doing a great. It's doing great. Yeah, <laughs> Meditation works a lot. <laughs> but, well, no. thank you for that, though. That was really a cool exploration of how you went from a very, um, I guess in a way, like a very solid, like, very uh, Western way of thinking into a very more fluid Eastern yeah. way of thinking. That that's true, definitely. I feel like uh, I'm better for it for sure. Well, I I I mean that's not the point, but yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're more. I don't know. I'm I'm having a very difficult time picturing you as that other person. So <laughs> I, I I honestly do too. And you know, as a Buddhist, I would say I wasn't really that other person, or I I was, but I'm not now. You know. Yeah. Definitely you, not. You had the seeds of dissent in you. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so we're going to uh, wrap it up. And <laughs> we'll talk to me, I guess, about my business. Mm-hmm. We were going to talk to both of us, but I guess we should have known that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be episode one is the Tim episode. I like it. Or but, are we going to do an A and a B? Like part, part oh, yeah, one and part, part one two. And part two. Yeah, maybe for we'll, sure. Maybe we'll turn this off and turn it on again and just keep talking. Oh, yeah. If there's room for it. <laughs> I'm sure there is. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to wrap it up for the night. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next time. And We don't have a send-off yet, by the way. We're thinking about it. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. I'm just kidding. Don't do any of those things. Well, <laughs> do those things if they're available. And please give us positive encouragement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Um, in the comments, wherever we are. Wherever you're listening to this, we uh, have not thought this through very carefully. Wherever cassettes are sold. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And don't Uh, forget if the cassette jams, just use a pencil. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Good night and good luck.